Hey, this is Thinking and Drinking. I'm your host, Bart Almond. Over the last 30 years or so, I've worked for major record companies, working with major artists such as Alabama, the Dixie Chicks, and Florida Georgia Line. I've also been writing songs for the past 15 years, have over 50 cuts, two number ones, and made a lot of friends along the way. I'm going to be talking to some of those friends about songs, life on the road, and just life in general. I hope you have as much fun as I will. Lieutenant Dan Hurd is riding his bike across all 48 continuous states to bring awareness to soldiers committing suicide at the rate of 22 a day. As a former soldier, he knows how it feels to be this low and desperate. He has a nonprofit called One Pedal at a Time. This comes from his motto, I try to live one day at a time, but sometimes it's just one pedal at a time or one step at a time. Stick around at the end to hear how you can help. Here's Lieutenant Dan Hurd. Lieutenant Dan Hurd, one pedal at a time. Welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thank you for making time for me. Bart, it's a pleasure. It's a long time coming. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, man. Where are you today? Man, I'm in uh, beautiful, sunny San Diego, California right now. Is it nice? Uh, I'm in shorts and t-shirt. It's beautiful. <laughs> uh, it's sunny. Uh, you can see the smog or what do you want to call fog coming yeah. in. But uh, it's a beautiful day. Dude, that's awesome, man. Well, just to do some background, you were born in New Hampshire. You grew up kind of in Massachusetts. You went into the Navy. And um, you said uh, at one point you think your dad may have been in the Navy. So what, what, what do you think it was that made you want to go into the, to the service? Uh, you know, it was uh, a couple of different things for me. Uh, one of them was definitely uh, a change of scenery. Um, yeah. I, I definitely um, was in a depressive state of mind already. So if uh, I figured if, if anything, at least I gave it a, an opportunity and if I had initially thought if I died um you know at least I served my country die, you know that type of thing wow um initially I wanted to join the marines I was overweight and uh, they told me to go lose a bunch of weight first <laughs> so I went next door to the navy and they they were cool with that they said you'll lose it in boot camp and uh sure enough I did but yeah that's how I ended up in the navy so um but no, go yeah, ahead. I'm no, sorry. It was it was definitely uh, it was it was definitely something that I wanted to do. I think back deep down for a long time, um, but I guess the initial the the motivating reasons were uh, not the real good reasons. I guess. Yeah. Well, obviously, thank you for your service, man. Appreciate that. Absolutely, I loved it. I, I enjoyed it. Did you start out going in thinking maybe it was going to be a career or were you just going to do it and see what it was like or what were you, what was behind that? Man, when I, uh, I knew when I was in boot camp that this was something that I could see myself doing for a career. Wow. And, uh, I, I hoped to do that. Um, but it unfortunately didn't happen that way. When I was in, they were uh, downsizing. Really? And, uh, I wasn't allowed to re-enlist. Really? Yeah, unfortunately it happened to, to far too many people in the Navy and in all the other branches as well. God, that's crazy. I didn't know that happened. Um, yeah, that was uh, 2010 to 2013, I think it was. Man. So were you stationed all over the place or did you pretty, did you pretty much stay in America or where did all did you go? 
Uh, so my home port was San Diego, where okay. I am now. So I'm actually really excited to be here because I'm visiting people that I served in the Navy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with and some of the Marines that I served with as well. Oh, that's so, cool. Um, I get to see some of them, and a handful of them that I've seen are still in the military and still uh, currently stationed here. So um, it's kind of st- really cool to see where they are in their careers and where uh, where I could have potentially been. Yeah, I had the opportunity to stay in, and um, so that, it's been really cool to see all them. Um, Man, that's awesome, dude. So when you weren't allowed to re-enlist, I mean, I really want to get to one pedal at a time, which is your main focus, but what did you do when you got home? I mean, did you, you said you worked on diesels, you worked on boats, you worked on, if it moved, you worked on, I mean, did you go be a mechanic or something? No, actually. Uh, so initially I started going to school for being a mechanic, uh, for a diesel and automotive uh, technician. And, uh, it just didn't work out to be what I wanted. So I ended yeah. up switching schools to be a business degree. And so I ended up getting my business degree. Um, and, uh, you know, I just started doing different little ventures and stuff. I, uh, <laughs> I, I did a little bit of everything. I was in, uh, working with tattoo artists with tattoo shops i was doing um like cooking i was i was all over the place <laughs> Gosh. um but then i was doing metal fabricating and machining as well that's something okay. i did before i joined the military so i kind of went back to doing that yeah um kind of throughout until i left for my journey um, cool man but yeah now diesel en- engines uh wise i stayed away from that um I got my fair share in four years. Yeah, I bet, I bet. Well, can you tell us about one pedal at a time, man? Because I think what you're doing is just unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to give you the background story behind it before yeah, I get to how please. It, what it is? That'd be awesome. So, uh, so one pedal at a time movement is the organization that was started because of the journey that I'm on uh, of Ride With Dan USA. And the mantra for that is one pedal at a time. Uh, what inspired that is the gentleman that got me into cycling. Um, so after I got out of the military, I attempted twice, uh, attempted suicide twice and once before uh, joining. And um, uh, my friend could still notice that I was really in a depressive state. And to be honest, I was. I was uh, already planning my fourth. Man. So I was in a really great state of mind, um, and he quietly noticed it. So yeah. uh, one day after uh, during work, he comes up to me and he goes, "Hey, we're going we're going for a bike ride after work." He didn't say it in like a, I'm, "We're doing this. I'm telling you what to do," but he, right. he said it in more direct way than he had ever asked me in the past, or at least I acknowledged it that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But um, this guy had tried to get me on a bike for four or five years. Um, I rode motorcycles. Okay. I, rode a, I had a Harley. Uh, and in my mind at that point, uh, when he was like, hey, man, let's go for a bike ride. I was like, dude, I get a motorcycle and we'll definitely go for a ride. I'm not downgrading myself to a pedal bike. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think that's a lot of people's mindset. I'm, you know, fortunately and unfortunately, like, unfortunately, we have this mindset in a lot of different things that were better than something. Um, yeah. 
And for me, that was, I was better than cycling because I had a motor between my legs that right. did all the pedaling. <laughs> <laughs> and in my mindset, the only people that rode bikes were people that were kids that didn't have a license or adults that didn't have a license because they lost a license. Right. And I was neither of those. <laughs> Yeah, but why, why? But you're right, man. Why take pedal power when you can take horsepower? Exactly. So that was my <laughs> mindset for a long time. And uh, little did I know that if I got on a bike three or four years, four, four or five years before that, um, I could have potentially, I'm not saying that it would have avoided it, but I could have potentially avoided two of my suicide attempts. Wow. Um, because when I did get on the bike finally, and we did go for that first ride, I'm not saying that first ride was the special one. It's not the case. Uh, we did 20 miles. It was pretty special when you yeah. think about 20 miles on a bicycle for your first time. And yeah. at that time, I was over. I was overweight. I was. Uh, I was probably like 245 pounds when I got on that bicycle. Man. Um, and at the uh, my last suicide attempt, I was almost 270. Mm. So I wasn't. I was a big boy at the time, and uh, he kept. Uh, we kept going for bike rides. I kept really enjoying them. And then the third bike ride, we did uh, 166 miles over the course of a weekend. Yeah, I can't say it was one day because that that'd be insane. Yeah, but we did about 80 miles one way, 80 miles back, and the rest of the miles was uh, just kind of put, uh, putting around, putting around town on uh, Saturday. Yeah, and uh, on the way back. We, well, we started with four people and two of them said that they're going to get a ride home. <laughs> and I, I was totally down with getting a ride home. But one, I was on the guy that was like, nope, I'm going to ride back. I was on his bike. Oh, okay. And, and two, my mindset was like, like the military mindset kicked in. And uh, I'm like, I'm not going to leave you behind, bro. I'm going to go right. with you. Even if I'm limping, I'm going to be with you. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, we, we got going and it was like, I don't know. It was probably like 35, 40 miles into that. I, I was feeling it, man. I was feeling I it. Bet. And uh, he, he just, I was complaining, but like anxious to get done. And uh, he stops and he pulls over. He's like, listen, man. And since I know your shows, I'm going to give the unfiltered version. <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, he's from, we're from Massachusetts. So every other word is a swear. Right. And, uh, <laughs> But he, he turns around after me complaining. He goes, listen, man, it's one fucking pedal at a time. It's left fucking right, right fucking left. That's all you got to fucking do, and you'll get there. And uh, and sure enough, and it was probably actually a few more F-bombs in there. But <laughs> that was pretty close to it. And uh, and I was just like, wow, this dude, one, I, 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 got, I felt kind of insulted that my buddy just like, like tell me like dude just fucking do it it's easy right <laughs> and i was just like wow this dude just like <laughs> put me in my place and also he got me to think about it and so i started doing military cadence in my head oh, i really started doing that for the last like 40 miles but before i knew it we were we were back home yeah and uh I remember Man. not getting on the bike after, for like a week after that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I couldn't sit on one. <laughs> I could barely sit on my stool at work. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was that ride that really changed it. And, hmm. and my buddy, like him saying that one pedal at a time, 
uh, really kind of carried over to my everyday life. I kind of started like thinking about how much I thought about the past and yeah. anybody that deals with, uh, you know, in my opinion, you know, I'm not a doctor. I can't say that I, you know, you know what I mean? I, in my yeah. opinion, I got, uh, I think that if somebody's dealing with the thoughts of suicide, it's because they're dealing with something that's going on thoughts of their past or their future, whether that's right. Even if it's something in their moment, they're thinking about their past or their future because hmm. of the current situation, whether that's uh, like for me, I deal with a lot of PTSD. So, um, you know, I deal with a lot of like flashback stuff right? and, and guilt and different things like that. Um, whereas somebody else might, you know, have a relationship and and see no future in front of them without that other partner yeah um so you know there's there's different ways to look at it but uh it's it's, it usually leads to one of those two options and for me i was kind of doing a little bit of both and a lot of times that's as human nature that's kind of what we do we 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 remember we we abuse ourselves for our past even if it's not our own wrongdoings and we worry about the future because we're thinking about the past and we're we're not really living for today in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what the one pedal at a time did for me. Um, so the, yeah, this journey started out that I'm on, uh, for myself, I quickly realized there was a lot of people that were also struggling. Um, because by the time I got to my seventh state of New York, uh, I did my fifth suicide intervention. Man. Um, and that's actually, uh, you know, the group that we're in together, and how we know each other, Bart. Uh, I accepted Christ into my life um, August of 2018 when I was on this journey. Two days after that event of doing that fifth intervention, man, it was there was too many coincidences that were going on. Yeah, for me to think that they're coincidences anymore. So, gosh, um, yeah, I, that's where I accepted Christ into my life, and um, I didn't, you know freed from a lot of things that I was holding on to almost immediately after accepting Christ. Um, and for me, it was, uh, you know, since then and continuing forward, it's just been an amazing journey for me because I, um, I realized my path and I realized what I'm supposed to be doing and how I can help people. Um, but it also takes me to heal. Yeah. Be able to help those people. So uh, every day that I heal is another opportunity to help another person. Man, well, you are what a, a month and a half from ending this track in in Vegas, and you will have been in all forty eight states. Yeah. Do you do you have any? I mean, I looked at the map on your website, which is Ride with Dan USA, and. Dude, the, just the the serpentine map that you took, the route you took, and all those little circles that are stops. I mean, how many stops have you made? Um, I, I'm I think I'm over four hundred and thirty. I'm pretty sure over four hundred and thirty. I don't keep track of the numbers anymore. Right. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah, it uh, it, it's been going for quite a while. Um, I got less than 40 days at this point left till the official finish date, which happens to also be October 10th. Yeah. Uh, World mental health day. Oh, okay. So it's a, uh, it's a really important day as well. I'm not, you know, September being suicide awareness month. Yeah. Uh, and September 10th being suicide 
uh, Awareness Day. It's uh, it's a big month for for my organization and a lot of organizations like mine. Um, and it's you know it's always important to us, but it's this month that people happen to pay attention yeah. to a little bit more for us to get our information to them. And um, so I look forward to I look forward to finishing on World Mental Health Day because mental health is just as important as suicide because. Yeah, they kind of intertwine. Yeah. And, um, so I'm really looking forward to it. I, it's been over three years on the road. I started in March of 2018. Sheesh. And you I would have been done uh, seven months ago if a few things didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, in October 22nd, I believe, day before my birthday in 2020, you got uh, smashed by a car. I did. I, I bet that was a, a pretty good uh, birthday because that's when I told everybody who was on your birthday about what happened to me. So you probably saw that on your birthday. So, well, I'm guessing that my birthday was easier than yours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did this guy just not, or this girl, I mean, it doesn't matter, but did this person just not see you and swerved off the road or, or can you, do you remember the details or? Uh, no, so I actually personally, thankfully, have no memory of the actual accident. Okay. Uh, based off the reports and uh, information that I've received, uh, this woman uh, did not see me because of the sun. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so she did not swerve. She went literally right through me. Thankfully, at that time, I had a camper. And uh, the camper is what did a lot of took a lot of the impact and ultimately kept me alive. Yeah, because uh, I, I was rear ended about seventy miles an hour. Oh man! Um, so yeah, it was pretty gnarly. Uh, the accident itself, like I said, I don't remember. Thankfully, I lost about forty five minutes before the accident uh, from memory. And realistically, about an hour or so, maybe an hour and a half after the accident, Man. Uh, when I woke up in a helicopter. Uh, the only part that I remember from anything between that is uh, after I was hit, I think I came conscious for a couple seconds. And I realized I dreamed it. But uh, there was a gentleman <laughs> holding my head, I think. And uh, he goes, hey, man. You got hit by a car. <laughs> Don't look at your legs. <laughs> Holy crap. And then I blacked out again. So Thank God, uh, man. Uh, and my legs got really beat up. Uh, I'm thankful that I've been able to um, heal enough to get on a bicycle again. And, uh, you know, a lot of people think that I've healed all the way through and I'm not dealing with pain or anything like that. But I deal with a lot of pain every day still. Yeah, um, especially with the injuries being in your centered in your legs. Yeah, between my knees and my hip, and uh, you know my brain, uh, the traumatic brain injury, which I think is the one that's taken the longest, other than yeah. the constant pain that that I feel like is at this point going to be permanent in my knees. Man, um, so how long were you yeah. off the? How long were you off the bike? I mean, with surgeries and whatever. Yeah, so I was off the bike a total of, before I could get on a bicycle, not weighted. It was about four and a half months. Um, so I got on a bike right at the beginning of March. And I was able to, I was 
able to get back on the bike with gear um, right before the beginning of April. Man. Uh, so then I took uh, a month to kind of prepare myself, kind of went home to visit people in New England um, and, uh, and then restarted. Uh, by that point, when I visited, it was three years. So it felt like it was long enough not being in New England. And, um, yeah, so I, I got going again. And um, restarted in Seattle instead of uh, in, La- in Arizona where I was hit. Yeah. So I ended up being off the bike from my tour for just about seven months or just over seven months. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a pretty fast healing process in the sense of, uh, the process of like how fast I actually healed. From yeah, my injuries. No um, but I did a lot of work. I put a lot of physical therapy and, um, did, did as much as I could within my boundaries to, to get ready for the restart. Cause I, I also knew, um, that every day that I wasn't on the road, that I was, I, I was already, um, I wasn't afraid of cars per se before the accident, but I am very afraid of cars now. Yeah. So I do that. It would have got worse if I didn't get on the road sooner than later. Um, plus, okay. uh, for me, it was, you know, definitely my own, my own mental thing, but uh, yeah. I would have been really upset with myself for not finishing the last four States. Yep. If yep. I had the if I could have. And uh, so that's why I'm still out here and getting it done, but, I'm looking forward to finishing. I'm looking forward to getting away from cars and transitioning <laughs> from uh, road travel to trail travel. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Has COVID affected you? Cause you're, you I mean, you're outside most of the time. I mean, um, COVID itself personally hasn't affected me in the sense that I haven't gotten in there or anything like that. Uh, people that I've been around uh, have gotten it usually before I show up or right after I leave. Right. But I've been very, I've been very fortunate. Yeah. I haven't got it. It did affect um, my travels a little bit at the beginning when the first lockdown, when the initial lockdown happened. Yeah. I stopped my journey for three months and went to Alabama where my nonprofit is based out of. Okay. Um, and that's where it was started in 2019. Um, right after my one year in one year mark on being on the road. And, um, it was a blessing to get it started there as well. So the family that I got involved with um, was really amazing. I ended up staying with them for five weeks and they helped me get the nonprofit going. So um, awesome. it worked out really well. So I ended up going back to them for 12 weeks because of the, no, because of the lockdown and uh, before restarting. And when I restarted, it just wasn't the same. People weren't interacting with me the same way and Mm. um, I wasn't doing speeches or uh, stuff like that so um, for me I had to do a transition and that was when I built the camper okay the camper was designed to give me a place to stay safely yeah and also give it uh you know I had it was like a moving billboard I had decals all over it yeah awareness information um it was just really resourceful and uh, it helped me out by getting people to see something that they've never seen before being yeah. pedaled, never mind with a motor with a pedal, <laughs> and uh, going down the road or climbing a mountain. So um, it definitely helped with the cause. Um, 
unfortunately that got destroyed in the accident and now I'm restarted with a little bit similar setup to what I initially started with but um, what sticks out on this bike is it's just so loaded that it, so many people think that it's an e-bike oh right um, and they get upset with me because they think I'm an e-bike <laughs> and I come back to it as a, no it's not an e-bike it's a me bike <laughs> yeah it's a d-bike yeah it's a d-bike <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I have a, a really important uh, sign on the front of my bike, which is yellow, and it's uh, "Make a Stranger Smile" with a smiley yeah. face. And uh, and I know you've seen it because uh, yep. I, I share it every once in a while in the group as well. And uh, be the change. So you know whatever that may mean to you. <laughs> uh, for me, I, I try to do that. I do that multiple times a day, every yeah. day that I can. Uh, I challenge people to do it one once a day. Go make a stranger smile. Yeah, they're saying hello, listening to their uh, what they got to say. I don't want to say their problems because not everything people say is problems. Right. What they got to say, you know, uh, you know, help somebody out with with a meal, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't take much. You don't even have to spend money. You don't have to do any of those things. Yeah. Uh, to make somebody smile and just waving at them and and smiling back and saying have a great day you know it changes people's days man dude how many times a day do you get asked like what the crap are you what is this i mean what are you doing out here i mean you must get asked all the time uh it does happen uh it's getting to happen more and more again since people are kind of becoming more lenient uh yeah. with, with the uh pandemic and stuff uh it's definitely getting more like what is this dude doing and then my next, the, the, the next thing they say is, uh, Hey, you picked a great time to start this. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, I've been doing this for two years longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. Well, you've, you've done all these suicide interventions and everything. You've seen so much pain within our soldiers lives once they get home and, and, if you don't want to talk about this, we won't, but is our government or our military doing anything about this? Are the UVAs and stuff, are they just, are they just full? Um, you know, I think it's kind of like the rest of you know, society for a long time. We didn't pay attention to mental health. We paid attention to the physical body instead of the mental side of the body. Right. Um, so for a very long time, just like, you know, as regular society, veterans were focused on, um, the physical side of things. Okay. And over the last 10 years, I really, I think they've really started making a big difference and, and focusing. I think we, they still have a long way to go. Yeah. Um, and in providing like an, a balance to, um, to what physically and mentally are needed instead of saying you only get X amount of months or X amount of weeks really, or, or visits mm -hmm. uh, to deal with this problem. Right. And year you're gonna wait till next year for it to renew for x amount of visits man um so in that sense um yeah i think there could be a little bit more done for that but i think they've come a long way and i think they continue to make progress um i also think because of the pandemic they've learned how to go with technology i feel like the va for a long time was not behind technology but in certain ways they their people were behind in technology, if that right. makes sense. Um, so with this pandemic, with the telehealth and, you know, doing like video conferencing and stuff. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's really enhanced a lot of 
you know, veterans that uh, maybe were isolated more often that have the ability to be able to call their, uh, you know, their doctor immediately or send them a text message through the VA system that we have yeah. and, uh, and get better help. It's just more important that we need to get our veterans to realize that it's okay to ask for help, that you don't have to be the yeah. tough guy that, that we were at one point. Right. Um, and, you know, to remember that, you know, don't think that being uh, vulnerable and, and asking for that help makes you weak. You know, that takes a lot of strength to do that. So Yeah. Well, I'm just, I mean, we have a, a, a couple friend from our church and he's a Vietnam vet. And, you know, he says that he's sure he came home with PTSD, but nobody knew what it was after Vietnam. And we keep hearing this number, you know, 22 vets a day are committing suicide. And I just, I mean, that must, that's just amazing. Is that, is that number slowing down or every time we pull out of an Afghanistan or something, does that number start creeping back up again or is it pretty static? You know, uh, the, before this whole Afghanistan pullout thing, um, I can say that the numbers were slightly less than 22 a day. Okay. Uh, they're, they were saying about 18 to 19 a day. So, which is it's still far still too many. Yeah. But yeah. It, it, it was progress. Now I, I know I've been very concerned about some of my friends that I've met on this journey. Um, yeah. because personally I never went to Afghanistan. Um, and not a lot of the people in the Navy side of my knowings, uh, okay. right there. Right. So, um, in that sense, it's a little different, but I do know quite a few people on this journey. I've, I've been on, I've been over 21,000 miles now. <laughs> so so I, I've known and seen a lot of people and, uh, you know, there's been a few people I've had to reach out to because of concern. Um, you know, because of the fact that the way that everything was being handled and I don't get political too much. No, but, no right. Um, but, but yeah, you know, a lot of people are seeing this as everything they did for the last 20 years was for yeah. nothing. Right. All the friends that they lost was for nothing and the guilt that they um, were holding on to because they did something good and they made a place better yeah. ended up being for nothing. So, you know, in that sense, a lot of people are struggling, but uh, I hope that they hear this or that somebody, you know, is um, somebody that served in Afghanistan, uh, go will, be willing to reach out and listen to them because uh, yeah, at this point in time, uh, being willing and listening here is the best thing you can do it to help yeah. anybody, uh, especially in that type of situation. And so I encourage them. Yeah. Well, you're doing the work of angels, man. You know, I, I, I'm very blessed. You know, Bart, I, I, uh, I say it a lot. I, I, I really mean it. Is um, there's a reason why I'm still alive? Uh, yeah. You know, and I think that for a long time I never saw that. The fact that I was unsuccessful for my suicide attempts. The fact that um, mm. I've been hit by cars and survived and <laughs> and all these things, like. <laughs> That's not funny. So, <laughs> no, looking back on it, it is funny because when you think about it, like, you know, nobody wants to believe that when it's our time, it's our time. But yeah. I, I, almost, I really have to believe that nowadays because 
Um, I know people and people know people that have been uh, killed in car accidents, you know, in a metal frame at 70 miles an hour. Right. And I was on a bicycle with no protective barrier other than a trailer that I built myself behind me. Yeah. And it was a blessing that I woke up. It was a blessing that I healed, the, you know, the, as well as I did. And it's a, it's a blessing in so many ways that I'm still able to continue to help people. And it's even more of a blessing now because when I got hit by that car, I had done my 80th suicide intervention. Man, and I'm alive now, and I was able to do my 81st. So um, there's still a lot of people that I can help, and and I look forward to seeing where this journey takes me after I finish. Because uh, I'm not going back to New England; I'm going to Colorado. You okay? Well, I was going to ask you that. What are you going to do after after Vegas is done? Where do you go well, next? Well, so I'm uh, I'm actually. As of today, uh, a friend of mine started a GoFundMe um, to help me get restarted. So part of my journey, part that you know about and the listeners are going to hear now is uh, I've been doing my whole journey with no savings, figuring it out day by day to show people uh, that deal with daily and financial struggles that we can survive. I had to prove it to myself as well because one of mine uh, was in largely due to financial struggle. So, um, yeah, for me, it was definitely... Um, showing myself and others that we could do it. And, you know, three and a half years later, I'm still alive. I'm still healthy. I'm still pedaling strong uh, because of the generosity of good people and, um, and because of like just having faith that every day yeah. is going to work out in the best possible way. Not always the best way that I want it, but it's going to be the best possible way. Um, whether that's, you know, making me appreciate having one less meal than I wanted or, you know, having a couple flat tires or whatever it is. Yeah. There's a reason for it, even if it's not at the moment that you see it. Like, yeah. it might be three days down the road. Man, if I didn't have that flat, uh, I would have gotten 100 more miles over the last three days. Yeah. But you also might have, you also, if you didn't have that flat, you might have gotten caught in a hurricane. Exactly, or rear-ended by a semi-truck or something yeah. crazy. So um, there's always a reason for it. And, yeah. Uh, before I used to get frustrated with that, and I think a lot of people still do, is we get frustrated when things happen that we don't expect. Right. And, right. and that's, that's 100% acceptable and understandable. But don't live in that upsetness. Right. It's, you know, be upset, analyze it, and overcome it. Or move on from it, man. Just if I oh. can, <laughs> I know you 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 built another trailer, right? Or you bought one? No, no. You're not on no. a trailer. No more trailer. I, okay. Uh, because of the fact I only had four states left, I didn't want to do that. Okay. Okay. Um, and I knew that once I finished, I was going to be getting to Vegas and uh, and and moving to Denver. Oh, right. by the way, let me finish that. that oh yeah. I'm my trailer. Sorry. Now. <laughs> um, so my friend that helped me start the nonprofit just started a GoFundMe for me to help try to raise at least $5,000 um, to help me get started with like buying tools to get me work and uh, transportation and hopefully housing and stuff. Right. Um, just like I said, I, I, my whole journey I did with nothing. So I'm hoping a lot of people will help out with that. 
Um, and then as well with the nonprofit, which I'll share more about that later. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the trailer, I decided not to do that because it was just easier not to. Um, and then once I finished, I planned on moving to Colorado and ultimately I want to live near the continent to provide so I can do trails cool. and stuff. Yeah. And so that's my next big adventure planning is do the continent divide from Canada to Mexico. Gosh. Well, what, um, since you, since you don't have the trailer, I mean, you're probably not carrying a, a bunch of books and stuff. I mean, I know you have your, your computer and stuff that you do for, for and you, with your podcast and everything, but I mean, how much water can you carry? How much toilet paper can you carry? Uh, so it's funny. Uh, I'll start with the toilet paper. Um, <laughs> I, I started this journey with two full rolls of toilet paper that I took the center rolls out and I just smushed them. Okay. And uh, I'm still on my last roll. <laughs> <laughs> and people are going to say, like, what do you do? Use one sheet at a time? No, I just don't have to use mine that often. Right. <laughs> <That's awesome>. So... <laughs> um, I, I still have my same, and I'm going to have it probably until I finish in Vegas. I don't anticipate uh, having to use a lot of my toilet paper, but right. I have it plenty to finish. Um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then uh, the first part of that question was uh, water and stuff like that. So typically I carry about um, six liters of water. Okay. So I carry three liters in my backpack that I carry on my back every day. Uh, every time on the bike when, uh, on the bike itself in various bottles I can carry about it three liters um, which is fine unless you're going through the desert yeah. like I'm about to Right. so I just went through and overhauled my bike and got rid of like a lot of my winter stuff that I definitely am not going to need for the rest of this journey Right. Um, and just sent that back to Alabama um, to the nonprofit station and uh got my bike so i could reorganize it so i could fit um another five liters so i can carry 11 liters of water dang that's so i got man. a lot of water <laughs> yeah that's well good man good um but it's hot it's it's yeah been over it's been in the hundreds uh for the last few weeks in the deserts here and um, I don't see it going below 100 anytime soon, except at night. Well, so I'm I'm guessing, you know, you talk about flat tires and stuff. I'm guessing that your mechanical inclination, I'm sure you've had to fix a thousand things. I mean, if you hadn't gotten hit by that car, would you still be on the same bike? Or did you, you just wear a bike out? At, I mean, 21,000 miles. Holy cow. Uh, so the first bike had 18,000 miles on it. And... <laughs> I got hit four times before the major accident. So I total of five accidents on my, on this journey. Man. Uh, the first four were hit and runs. They were minor accidents, uh, minor in the sense they didn't hurt me, but they hurt my bike. Right. Uh, the first three were really minor. One broke my mirror. One broke my, uh, the other ones cracked my frame. And luckily because I'm a welder, I would just find a welding shop and pay for the material if they even charge me for it. And then, weld yeah. Myself. Um, and then uh, the last accident that really damaged the bicycle before the major one was in Florida. 
I got rear-ended so hard it broke my rear wheel and pretty much broke my rear end off my bicycle. I was really blessed to be thrown into the grass pile uh, right off the pavement and uh, literally rolled and was fine. Um, my bike did they stop? Not, I, I, no, no, no. The first four did not stop. So uh, thankfully I was fine and I uh, had a friend nearby so he came and picked me up and I got to a welding shop and welded it back up and um, went on my way. But um, <clears throat> after the last one, it, there was just too much damage for me to even try to fix it. So yeah. I retired that thing, um, took all the broken parts off of it and kept the frame. Okay. <laughs> It'll be hanging in your apartment in Colorado. Yeah. At some point. Yes, it will. <laughs> so this is a, Stupid question, but I mean, out there under the stars so much, have you seen anything super weird UFOs or Bigfoot or anything crazy like that? You know, I wish I could say something super crazy. The only thing that I saw were the, uh, when I was in Texas, the, and it, it tells you that it's going to happen at some point. Like, I, so I knew it was going to happen. It didn't like freak me out to the point of that, but the three floating uh, light spheres that really? kind of just hang out in the desert randomly at like between like 10 o'clock and like three in the morning floating around. I mean, you don't ride in the dark if you can help it, correct? No, no. Uh, but they were just, these spheres were yeah probably like five miles away from me, but I could definitely see them from my tent. <laughs> Man, that's nuts, dude. Well, um, what what haven't I asked you about that you want to talk about? I want you to get to all the the uh, the ride with Dan USA. You have an art class giveaway. Where where can people find you on your socials and stuff? Well, uh, people can definitely find me for my journey on Rides with Dan USA uh, on Facebook, Instagram, a little bit of Twitter, definitely YouTube, um, and also dot com. Um, if they're interested in checking out my nonprofit, they can check out O-P-A-A-T movement.com and that's O-P-A-T movement. Um, and they can check that at O-P-A-T M for Instagram. And I believe it's also the same for Facebook. Um, but you'll be able to find my group, the one pedal at a time movement, uh, on Facebook. If anybody's interested in being part or needing to spread, uh, inspirational uh information and positivity so we're always looking for people to share beside myself yes and uh, um yeah other than that uh people can definitely check out we're we're interested in giving away uh the start training course it's s-t-a-r-t um dot o-p-a-t movement.com um you can check the course out there. If you want to buy it, more than willing to do so. It helps towards giving the courses away for free. Uh, if you're interested in the, taking the course and would like it for free, uh, all I need you to do is to email me at opaatm at gmail.com and put in the subject line, start help. And within there, all I need is your first and last name uh, and your email to enroll you. There's no other obligations. The only obligation is that you have to take the course within 30 days of enrollment. Cool. And how can people find the uh, GoFundMe? 
Oh, they can find the GoFundMe right on RideWithDanUSA.com. Okay. Um, they pretty much can also donate directly through the donate page on there. Um, and uh, if, like I said, if they're interested in doing it for the nonprofit, which is a separate fund, they can do that through opatmovement.com. Um, otherwise, I think, I feel like I got everything covered. Man, that's a lot, dude. That's a lot. <laughs> Well, man, let me uh, say goodbye to you here and then I'll stop recording and I'll say goodbye to you again. But man, I just, I love you. We love praying for you. I just can't believe you're doing this. Can't believe you're a month away from being done. It's just, I mean, what you've achieved is just unbelievable, man. So thank you for doing this. And uh, I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you, Bart. I really appreciate it. Like I said, I, uh, for anybody listening, if you're ever in need, know that you can reach out to my social media and be willing to reach out to anybody uh, for help. You're not alone. There's a lot of people out there that are willing to help and that have gone through similar situations yeah. and can't ever go through the same situation. But um, we can relate to your emotions and feelings in a lot of ways that you'd be surprised. Uh, for anybody out there that's not struggling, be willing to listen to people. If you're willing to ask how somebody's doing, be willing to listen to the answers. Yep. Um, if, you don't have time, if you don't have time for it, don't ask it. Yeah. Um, but we all have, uh, as a community, as human beings, uh, we all live in a community, whether it's your work community or social community, whatever it is, your church, faith community. Um, that we're all part of a community in some sort. Uh, be active in your communities and um, take the START program to uh, be more aware of the people surrounding you that may be in need. Great. Thank you, Dan.